are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Awesome worship. We need those moments where we're ushered into the presence of God, right? We need those moments of divine connectivity, and that's what those moments are, that, that divine connectivity, even when what's going on in our hearts and our lives can't stop God from just pressing in. You know what I'm saying at that moment? We need more of those moments in our life where God's just, He's pursuing us. This morning, I want to um, talk to you about a a subject, excuse me, a sermon, a subject (laughs) called neuroplasticity. You're all going, oh yeah, great, that's awesome. Neuroplasticity is the study of the brain and how we can change the way we think. That God made our brain so that if we have a brain injury or something happens to us and how the neuropathy of our brain was before, it can actually reroute its neuron pathways and bring healing to itself and restore us. That's how God made us. Do you know in the originality of your brain, God did not make your brain negative. It's taken you a lot of years, years to train your brain to be negative. How many have worked at it? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's taken us a lot of years to do that. And the media is making sure the principalities and powers of the air are making sure that the process continues. We are filled every day with negative reports. I'm from the United States. You know what our report is? January 1st, we're falling off the fiscal cliff. Well, my God still owns the cattle on a thousand hills and a thousand hills that the cattle are on. He doesn't have any any resources that are at any deficit. And the beautiful thing about God is Whatever he needs, he can create it. This is the part I like it. Or just take it. (laughs) I'll take that wealth of the unrighteous and I'll transfer it. Right? Right? Hey, that church over there can use that money. I'll take that. I'll take that. You're not being a wise steward of it. You're not doing it. I'll take that. It's our time right now to grow in the area of how we think. Because how we overcome is all about how we think. How many need to change the way you think? Come on. Right? You don't realize how valuable it is. 
I had a little cancer. It wasn't little. It was big. They drilled a hole in my head. <laughs> Unpleasant. Right? Lots of pain. But listen, I suffered with a lot of what's called brain fog that I, I couldn't think. I am so grateful for being able to collect my thoughts and to think, right? I mean, it's crazy when you want to use a word like proclivity and you're going, uh, 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 bent, that'll work. Because you can't think. But we have an opportunity. We have this supernatural mind that God has given us and we've got to start now, today, developing this mind. Now, look, first the natural. What do you see a lot of right now on the internet? You see a lot of games that exercise your brain. Right? That's God saying to us, get your brain in gear before you engage your mouth. We have not because we ask not. Right? But a lot of times we ask amiss. We don't understand our design. We don't understand the focus of God on our lives. So these several days that I'm here, we're going to work on neuroplasticity. How many say amen? amen? We can't keep waking up in the morning and going, I'm sick. I don't feel like it. Here's the beauty. The one who is in you that's been given as a down payment on heaven. I like that, right? That's, that's where we were, right? Heaven touching earth. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. That's heavenly activity. Isn't that awesome? I cannot sit still. It's so good to be here. <laughs> this heavenly activity. We have mysteries that God wants to unveil to us, but we're in a place, the wrong place, at the wrong time, so we're not in the right place at the right time called a divine appointment because the enemy has begun to fill us with disappointment that keeps you out of your divine appointment. We've got to get in the right place. So neuroplasticity, what what does it do? I'm not going to just speak on that, obviously. Okay? It it works on these three principles. Reframing, renaming, and redirecting. That's what Jesus did all the time. He reframed things. He renamed them, even people, right? Saul became Paul, right? We have a new name in heaven. How many realize that? He reframes, he renames, and he redirects. That's what God's doing in the body of Christ today. You got you to jump in. Everybody say jump in. You guys are like, he's crazy. I am. I'm, I'm insane. Because I'm going to do what God says to do. I'm going to put insanity this way. I'm going to do what God says to do continually without wavering and i am going to 
think just like he thinks, talk just like he talks, walk just like he talks, and be able to do everything that he says I could do. I'm willing to change whatever he wants to change, right? Romans 12, 2. Be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed, right? By the renewing of what? Your mind. Now I'm going to say something to you that's going to may blow you away. Studies now show that our hearts have cellular memory. That's why God says, hide my word in your head, under your shoe, in your back pocket, in your dresser, on your porch, in your heart, because your heart has cellular memory. Your heart has memory. This is a time right now in your life to build cellular memory that causes you to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen? Amen. So our text is going to be found in 2 Kings Chapter 6, verses 8 through 23. So if you'll just find that. In 2009, God came to me with a word. And here's what he said. Daniel, he calls me Daniel. Daniel, opportunity is hunting down and... Am I right on her lap, huh? She's moving. (laughs) Opportunity is hunting down and chasing after preparation. How many have noticed that the days are going like this? How many notice that the months are moving like this? Why is that? Because we're in the end times and time is being accelerated. So here's the thing. It's time to prepare you, yourself, now for what's coming. You've got to prepare your vessel. That's you. That's your life. You've got to prepare now. New opportunities are coming. So prepare because the time is short. Prepare yourself. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen? Because it's time for us to be like Jesus and increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. How many want to increase in wisdom? Right? Wisdom is first of all pure and peaceable and easily entreatable, right? Without partiality, without hypocrisy, and sown in peace and produces a harvest of righteousness. What kind of harvest is God looking for? Righteousness. Right alignment. Right motives. Right desires. cellular memory in this heart. And I want to give you a secret. It's not what you can remember that's important. 
It's what God can bring to your remembrance that's important. I'll say it again because it's worth repeating. It's not what you can remember that's important. It's what God can bring to your remembrance. Some of you go, the old mind is not what it used to be. Right? But what's the heart? Are you developing your heart? Are are you growing in your heart? Are you growing in love? Are you growing in joy? Are you growing in peace? You gotta work this muscle. Right? Without ec- exercise, what happens? Apathy. You've got to work this heart muscle. You've got to let God love people through you even when they are on your last nerve. When you're going, talk to the pinky because you're not worth the full extension of the hand. <laughs> when they're on your last nerve, you know what I mean? You look at them and you go, you know I've never, I can't, I know. I'm saving up my spit for you. (laughs) We can get nasty. But here's the key. Out of the abundance of what does the mouth speak? So many of us speak out of our head and not our heart. So we get out of the place where God wants us to be. Okay? So in this story, let me get to it. You have Elisha, the prophet trained by Elijah. How many remember Elijah? Right? Elijah stood before Ahab and Jezebel, right? (laughs) Elijah did some amazing things and fought some many amazing battles. And one of the most amazing battles that he fought was on Mount Carmel. Carmel, that was where there was a reconciliation of the hearts of God's people back to God. You and I have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. God has called us to be reconciled to Him first and reconciled to each other. So Elisha is this amazing, trained prophet. He's been trained by Elijah. He's walked about 10 years with him. How many think he saw some cool things? Right? How many in here think you need to see some cool things? Right? We, we live in a place of wishful thinking. Wishful thinking will not get it done. It's not going to get it done. So Elijah had his sidekick, his servant, Elisha. And he trained him and he walked with him. Okay? He had a specific training. Elisha didn't have what it took at first. Elisha had to be trained. Everybody say trained. And as he was being trained, his heart was being changed. We've isolated ourselves. We've gotten frustrated with the people in the body of Christ. Right? But we need each other. 
There are people in this room that have experiences that you haven't had. And your life, maybe in your childhood, was a little bit messed up. So those, those things, they begin to sabotage your life. So we need to borrow, like Elisha did, like the disciples did from Jesus, from the experiences of others that have been successful in the area that we're struggling in. How many would say borrow? Right? We need a fresh impartation. So Elisha is speaking to the king of Israel, and the king of Aram is at war with the king of Israel. And the king of Aram is looking for an opportunity to get to the king of Israel. He's planning things and plotting things, but God is revealing to Elisha, the man of God, what the plans of the enemy are. And this happens several times, and the king begins to complain and said, who's doing this? He's thinking it's an inside job. And finally somebody says, it's a, the prophet Elisha. He hears what the king is doing in his bedchamber, and he tells the other king. He goes, all right, let's deal with this. Go and take him out. So here's a prophet and his servant. And they're at Dothan, 12 miles away. And in the middle of the night, the army surrounds them. Ever felt like you were surrounded? Ever felt like everyone was against you? Ever felt like there was no way out? Well, Elisha's servant. <laughs> we'll start at verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he said, Alas, my master, we're surrounded. This guy is terrified. How many realize that? He doesn't have the experience, Pastor Lance, that Elisha does. He doesn't have the experience, so his first place that he is going to go is to the natural. He's going to weigh everything through his circumstances. He's going to look out there and go, we're in trouble. This is not good. We're going to die. I want my mommy. He's in a bad place, right? So often we get in a bad place. Because we don't join up with somebody that's in a good place. In the very place that's a bad place to us. Are you with me? We want to isolate. We want to go it alone. But we're the body of Christ. We borrow things from one another. We borrow experiences. 
If I'm having trouble in my marriage, I'm going to go to somebody that's been married for 65 years and say, give me your secret sauce because obviously you have one. I see how your wife looks at you. I just like my wife to look at me. <laughs> right? So he says, alas, my master, we're surrounded. Can you imagine? I'd be thinking a lot of things. Elisha, why did you have to mess with this dude? You just couldn't let it go, could you? No! You just had to just tell one more little secret. And now look at us. Right? Look at us. We're surrounded. And Elisha... In verse 16, I love him. He's just like, oh, time out, Skippy. This is an opportunity, not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. How many have obstacles? but they're opportunities for God to do a miracle, for God to teach you something, right? So the prophet says, Elisha, those that are for us, and I just wonder how he said it. He, I'm sure he didn't just go, eh, those that are for us are far more than those against us. I'm sure he went something like this, feeling the unction of the Lord, right? The fire of God in him. The passion, like that song, right? Holy, holy, right? He's, at that moment, he's in contact with Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the host, right? And it's kind of like, those that are for us are for... And you, you can just feel it, you know, you can just feel it. It's kind of like on the Matrix. You, you know what I'm saying? It's sucking in the natural realm. The supernatural is just taking command. Those that are for us are far more than those that are against us. And this little servant, when he gets his face back, looks around again, takes a 360, and you'd think that that would make you curious, make you bold. He's still in the same place. He's like, you're on crack. This is, there's, look, there's an army around us. But Elijah walked by faith and not by sight. Amen? What is the difference? Point one in the message. Focus. The definition for focus is center of interest or activity. What is the center of interest or activity in your life? What is the center of interest or activity when you run up against an obstacle? What is your focus? Is your focus on what you don't have or who you do have? What's your focus? How many focus on your circumstances? 
Come on, I, I can preach on lying later. How many focus on your circumstances? How many are really good at working up crises? Right? You can work it up. It may never happen, but you can build a story. You can build a scenario. You can build an outcome. Right? But he's saying, those that are for us are far more than those against us because his center of interest and activity is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the hosts. Jehovah is there. The Lord our helper. El Elyon, the most high God. El Roe, the God who sees. El Shaddai. The devil wants you to believe at these moments that God is nowhere to be found. But I want to give you a secret about God. Can I do that? God loves to hide himself. To hide himself. To push us deeper into the realm of faith. Deeper into the realm of trust. Deeper into the realm of his wisdom. Deeper into the realm of understanding that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. See, that doesn't do much for us if we just say it, but if we experience it, and that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and he shows up after the death, the burial, and the resurrection, right? He shows up. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit to be the comforter. To be the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit isn't in us going. We're surrounded. The Holy Spirit isn't in us going. We'll never make it. The Holy Spirit isn't in us all fearful. The Holy Spirit is in us walking in confidence before God in perfect unity, in perfect relationship. And when we're in that place of that relationship and that unity with Christ, do you know what happens? We have confidence before God. And when we have confidence before God, the the cellular memory that we have in our heart, this word that we've had in our heart and hidden in our heart, it rises up and it overthrows doubt that's the father of all unbelief. Boy, that felt good. Hmm. That felt good. Right? God hasn't left us alone. But God has to mature us. Because in the end times, we're going to have to live By faith, not by sight. And we're going to need him to multiply the bread. We're going to need him to multiply the oil. And you know what, people? I will say this to you right now. You better start getting the cellular memory in your heart. Because there are people out there that are going to sit in the church and say, Pastor, 
I got no money. I got no way of doing anything. I'm laid off. My wife is laid off. This is sick. This person's in a hospital. Pastor, I've come to you today because I need a miracle. And they're being walked out in your lives. You know how to pray for the sick. You know how to share your faith with somebody that doesn't have that level of faith. Right? Just like those four men in the paralytic, right? That borrowed the paralytic had to, he didn't have the faith. They ripped the roof off the place, lowered the paralytic down in front of Jesus. The paralytic borrowed from their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he healed them. Listen, we got people struggling all over that don't have faith. You know what? Please, I'm begging you in Christ. Please help them. Let them use your faith. Let them use your experience. Help them. Share it. Bring an impartation according to Romans 1.11. Paul says, I long to come to you that I might impart some spiritual gift that you'll be established and strengthened. Well, let's stop being selfish and let's get in this vein of building people up and restoring people and helping them. If they, they don't have a good marriage and you do, share your experience until it becomes their own. Can't isolate. Can't do it anymore. Can't be selfish anymore. I don't want their blood on my hands. I got a motto in my life. You want to hear what it is? Adding value where you live. That's my motto. Christ in me can add value into everyone's life that he touches. And that's my motto. I am going to do as much of adding value, teaching people how to add value in one another's life, teaching people how to help others come up to the next level. Because most people, they get saved and they just kind of get left out there. But we have something to share. Right? Regardless of what we may listen to in church, sermons, read in books, or hear from great speakers, we're not talking about some cosmic force that operates on a preset program like a computer. Elisha was trained through a process of hearing, understanding, and living by making a constant series of decisions to interact with God and be obedient to Him. He lived a kingdom lifestyle. He healed the waters in Jericho. He multiplied the widow's oil Excuse me, she, uh, so she could pay her debt. He restored the life of the Shunammite's son. He multiplied the bread to feed a hundred men. He healed Naaman. He caused an axe head to float. And he walked a whole wicked army back into a city. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to get some of what that guy has. Right? But we're all like, I know how to pray. I've got secrets. But you can't have them. And that's what we do. We do. 
I remember when I, through years, taught people how to release the anointing, taught them how to prophesy, do all that stuff. I remember one day God came to me. He said, if you don't show them your secrets, I'm not going to show you anymore. I said, oh, that's not good. Right? Everybody say mysteries. See, God has so many mysteries to unveil to you. They're not for just the prophets. They're for the sons and daughters. It's part of relationship. We look at everybody else, we go, oh, there's this kind of this elitism that you hear from God and you do everything else. He's the same God that you hear from. You know what I say? Uh, Come to me, I'll tell you as many secrets as I can, whatever I can do, and go and do the same thing. But we got to help each other, right? Everybody say help. So the focus is the center of the interest or the activity. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. The 12 disciples were trained by the Son of God. Did Elisha see the army that surrounded him? Of course he did. Point number two. He had a different perspective. Perspective, the ability to receive things in their actual interrelationships or comparative importance. You can see and walk in the perspective that God has uniquely designed for you. And this is the most powerful thing I have to say to you today. There is a unique design of God in your life. There is a unique design of God in your life. So many of us want to be like somebody else, but God has made you the way you are so he can use you to accomplish his unique plan for your life. And your plan is different than mine. And Pastor Lance's plan is different than mine. I don't, I'm not jealous of what God is doing through him. I am going to focus like Elisha is on what God is doing through me. We, when we focus on something other than God, we will get disappointed. We will be discontent. How many have been discontent? Let me see your hands. Right? What were you focusing on? What somebody else has, what you don't have, right? Here's the secret. What you can do for God is not based on what you do not have. Would you say that with me? What I can do for God... What I can do for God... What I can do for God is not based on what I don't have. It's based on what I do have. God has given me what I need to carry out His unique perspective for my life. What's He calling you to? What dream of God have you give up on? Because somebody else went out and did something similar. 
We need to get Christ back at the center of the activity and the interest in our lives. And take that person that we're jealous of or that ministry that we're jealous of and remove it from our thought process and say, God, I am going to complete what you've called me to do. How many want to complete what God's called you to do? Right? Have you ever been distracted? Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or, rules, or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 18, it finishes with this. In all things, he has supremacy. The third thing is plan. First, he had focus. God's focus. Then God's perspective. And now, he's a man knowing that he's walking out God's plan for his life. And you're saying, well, what do you mean? Can I give you a couple things that might shock you? You know how we're always praying about the will of God? You are the will of Christ Jesus. You're the will of God. But you're running around, what's God's will? What's God? You're God's will. You're the Imago Dei. That means you are the ones that are created, the only creation on the face of the earth that is created in the image of God. You're the only one that God put on the face of the earth and gave power and said, subdue the earth. You're it. I don't know why we walk around with this messed up self-image. I mean, I do, but I want to tell you something. You, don't let the world and the media define who you are. The only person that has a right to define who you are is Christ Jesus. He's the only one who knows you completely. He's the only one whose thoughts over you are as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we could do a better job picking up on some of those thoughts. If they're that numerous, how many are catching all those thoughts? Right? Now, we're catching some other thoughts, aren't we? Oh. God's not walking around, you know, he's not looking at you and going... You're such a bummer. You're such a bummer. Right? God looks at you and goes, Whoa, I am just drunk with my love for you. I just love you so much. We don't get that. We don't tap into that level of intimacy, but we need to. That's, can I give you a secret? That's where the miraculous is. 
The miraculous comes out of intimacy. I'm my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is, bummer, is love, right? He knew God had a plan. The reality is that God has a plan which he controls and has us play a role in his plan through accepting and applying ourselves to personally unique assignments. Everybody say personally unique. Okay, stay with me on this. You've got to stay with me on this. You have a personally unique assignment. It's not the same as mine. It's yours. Don't even worry about what I'm doing or not doing because when we stand before the Lord, the Lord isn't going to say, I love how you watch Daniel keep his personally and unique assignment. (laughs) How many want to stand before the Lord and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Because in a church, hear me, it is your time. It is your time to rise up and shine right now. I've been doing this a long time, and I want to tell you something. I do full-time counseling, and I am seeing God do some amazing things, changing minds, changing wills, changing marriages, changing lives, and here's how he's doing it. He's renewing their mind, and once he renews their mind, they're off and running. It's time to renew your mind. It's not normal for you to think negative. It's not normal for the mind of Christ. It's not normal for the son and daughter of God, of the Most High, to be negative. I got faith. Who wants it? It's an honest question. I got faith. Who wants it? See, we run around all day long in the world. Lance, tell me who I am. What's he got? I'll suck the virtue right out of his life. All you got to do in the kingdom is ask. That's the beauty of it. Ask. Walk up to somebody that you see moving in faith. Walk up to somebody that you see in a, in a prosperous, healthy marriage and ask, listen, listen. I, I, I want my wife to look at me like your wife looks at you. I want to see and experience this love like this. Help me. Help me. But you know how we walk around. We fight all the way in until we get to the door and then it's, well, God bless you, brother. Well, God bless you. Praise the Lord. And the devil loves it. Because go ahead and put on the show that everything's okay because as soon as you get back home, I'm going to tear you a new one. But what would it be like? 
We're under tremendous battle, tremendous warfare, things going, right? Wrong. I don't know what to do. But here's what I do. <laughs> I go, I know it's about prayer, and I don't know how. But let me tell you something, devil, if you want to keep ruling and reigning in this house, go through this first. Because you've been beating me up so much. I'm bringing someone in that's anointed to take you out. I don't have it yet, but I'm going to listen to what she's doing. And how many think my cellular memory in my heart might just pick up on a few things? Thanks. You with me? But we're all so proud. Oh, our marriage is good. It's good. It's, it's good. <laughs> we're so afraid to ask. Jesus says, Elijah told Elisha, ask what you will of me. Everybody say ask. How many think you can do that? I don't know, brother. That's tough. That's hard. So let me keep on. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Psalm 139, 16, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All the servant of God can do is lean on the experience of the one who knows how to get the breakthrough. So there he is. Right? Right there. But Elisha prays for his servant. He said, Lord, open my servant's eyes that he might see that those that are for us are far more than those that are against us. And the servant's eyes were opened, right? How many think he was afraid anymore when he saw those horses and those chariots and he saw those large angels all, all over the place? How many think he was afraid anymore? How many think he was like, yeah, you're in trouble now. Oh boy, now you've done it. Right? But we need to experience that. In the body of Christ, we need to stand along some, side, some pillars in the faith, borrow from their experience, and grow up and mature and be strong in the areas that we've been weak in. It's time. Wouldn't it be awesome just to devil comes to you in your marriage and he says something and you've been hanging out with somebody, you know what I'm saying? You've been gleaning all these new things, right? And you got this and the enemy comes and goes, she doesn't love you. And you go, oh, that is so weak. <laughs> of course she loves me. 
Do we do that? No. Oh, she doesn't love me. Oh, yeah, I, you know, the other day I came home and she, she didn't even give me a kiss. She didn't even look at me. No, stop it. Stop it. Put an end to the madness. Amen? Unity in the kingdom of heaven, right? (laughs) I find this funny, but it is funny. You You don't hear the angels going to each other. Why do you have a flaming sword? Why doesn't mine flame? How come you get a chariot? Why do I have to walk? This is so unfair. I want a flaming sword. No. There's unity. And God commands his blessing over unity. And church, let me tell you something. There is a spirit of reconciliation that God is releasing from the heavenlies right now. And he is calling the body of Christ to come together, not only for one another, but for the lost, the last, and the least who need to borrow your faith, who need to borrow your good attitude. Oh, please say that somebody in here has a good attitude, who needs to borrow your love, who needs to borrow your patience, who needs to borrow the breakthrough anointing in your life. But we're all mine. It's mine. And God goes, it's mine. It's mine. And the Spirit of God in us, the virtue of Christ in us, is not something that's supposed to be held back. It's something that's supposed to be able to go wherever God wants it to go, whenever He wants it to go, even if we're in the grocery store and we're standing there in line and somebody needs what I have, even when I'm not aware of it, that God can release it from me to change their life. God can release it from me to renew their mind. God can release it from me to remind them of something. You say, man, you're crazy. Yes, I am. Because we've got to move into this level of impartation. We've got to move into this level of the body of Christ. So number one, focus. The center of interest and activity. Number two, Persuasion, perspective, perspective. The unique assignment that God has on your life, for your life. And lastly, you being right in the center of the plan of God for your life.
How many this morning would say that my focus isn't exactly what it should be? Can I see your hands? My perspective hasn't been real good. I know God has a plan. But it's more coming from here than it is emanating from here. How many would say that my mind needs to be renewed? Let me see your hands. Again, my mind needs to be renewed. I don't tend to think right, but I want to begin a new process and I want to begin to shift the way that I think. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be worried about what Sister Susie or Brother Paul is doing, but I want to be carrying out my unique assignment that God has designed for my life. If that's you and you need some help, I want to pray for you. Would you stand to your feet? Remember, so often God seems hidden. But He's Jehovah Shammah. He is present. Sometimes He hides Himself in the darkness so He can build our character, so He can work on our integrity, so He can work on our faith, so He can renew our mind so we can give confidence in our heart, so we can help us. He's present. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But He's training you. And sometimes we don't like it. Doesn't feel good. I went through a pretty tough bout these last two years. Pretty good shot of cancer, drilled a big hole in my head. Messed my mind up a little bit for a while. Still not 100% back. But let me tell you something. I wouldn't change it for anything because it changed me. So I want to say this to you. Sometimes the work that we're doing for God is interfering with what God wants to do in us. God set me down so He could build me up. So that I would have what He wanted me to give you. It's your time. Hear me on this. It's your inheritance. 
What are you going to do with it? Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. What are you going to do with your inheritance? No one can take it from you. It's yours. It's your unique assignment. Live it out. Walk it out. Pray it through. It's your time. It's not too late. It's time now. Now is the hour. Today is the day. Right now. Lift your hands with me just for a moment. How many in this room would say, I hear you? How many in this room would say, I'd be willing to rededicate my life to this unique perspective from here on out in Christ? If that's you, let me see your hand. I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, right here today, I've heard you. And I am willing to rededicate my life to your unique perspective for my life. Lord Jesus, it's my inheritance. I have to choose to walk it out. Forgive me, Jesus, for complaining and murmuring and grumbling and being selfish with the Spirit of Christ that is within me. Holy Spirit, I will no longer resist your desire to call the sons and the daughters of the Most High God to life through me. I will no longer resist your freedom to love others in and through me. And I will no longer resist your desire to love me. Empower me. Anoint me to live out my unique perspective for God in God I won't look to the left and I won't look to the right but I will look to God and be about my father's business for his glory and honor, and praise. Thank you, Jesus.
We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.